Breaks Revolution. I am Brad Gidner. Welcome back to Genomics Revolution. Episode 4. Two Ways to Solve a Genome Jigsaw Puzzle. Once the goal of obtaining a human genome sequence had been set by research scientists and several government agencies around the world, the big question was how to organize the effort. Any genome of a cellular organism, but especially the human genome, is a massive amount of information. How do you gather the information, and how do you piece it all back together at the end? There was no technology available in the 1980s or early 1990s, and there is still none to this day, that allows one to jump onto a giant DNA strand and determine its entire sequence in one failed swoop. You have to break the genome into lots of pieces, figure out the sequence of all the pieces, and put all the sequences back together in the right order, so that the virtual genome equals the real physical genome. Two approaches ended up in a race with each other to sequence the human genome. The larger group was a public consortium of government-funded labs around the world, but mainly in the United States, United Kingdom, and Japan. This effort was first led by James Watson of Watson and Crick fame, then by Francis Collins, who saw it through to completion. The public effort focused on separating the human genome into individual chromosomes and sub-chromosome pieces to organize the sequencing and simultaneously developing really fine-scale physical maps of each chromosome to help assemble the sequence reads back in the right order. Now, there was quite a bit of mapping information known for the human genome already, but much more detail was needed for this map-based strategy. The second, smaller effort was a private affair led by the for-profit company Solera Genomics and several big corporate donors. Solera Genomics and its sister nonprofit research organization called the Institute for Genomics Research, or TIGER for short, were founded by Craig Venter, a very successful biochemist turned entrepreneur who had once worked for, at NIH. Venter and his team felt that they had a better strategy, faster, cheaper, and more applicable to any genome of interest. Why wait to develop fine-scale physical maps of a genome? Why not just break the genome into random pieces and sequence them? But here's the rub. You don't know which random pieces you are sequencing until you have sequenced them. How many random pieces do you have to sequence in order to get virtually all of them? In other words, how hard do you have to work to achieve your goal? This is actually a problem we have all dealt with on more than one occasion since we were little kids. Think about a really big bag of M&Ms of your favorite flavor. You know that there are, say, seven colors represented in the bag. If you randomly pour out seven M&Ms into your hand, the probability that each color would be represented once is certainly not one. There is an element of random chance in terms of which M&Ms follow the bag, or in the case of a genome, which DNA fragments you randomly sequence. Craig Venter and his colleagues knew this was true with their so-called shotgun strategy to genome sequencing. In fact, they made use of a statistical distribution called the Poisson distribution that simulates such random events. The Poisson distribution can be used to understand random events through an equation that allows us to calculate the probability of a particular outcome. For example, 
If the average number of any particular M&M color in your sample is 1, what is the probability that any given M&M color was not seen at all? Using M to represent the average, in this case 1, and X to represent the number of interest, in this case 0, not showing up, the Poisson distribution equation goes as follows. The probability of 0 giving an average of N, M of 1 equals m to the x times e to the minus m divided by x factorial. For this particular m and m problem, the probability of getting 0 when the average is 1 is 1 to the 0 power, which is 1, times e to the minus 1, which is 0.37, divided by 0 factorial, which is given as 1. So we have 1 times 0.37 divided by 1, or 0.37. This means that if we pour out 7 M&Ms when there are 7 colors, for an average of 1 of each color, there is a 37% prob probability that any given color will not be represented. Or another way to put it is, 37% of the colors will not be represented. Now that's obviously not good enough, whether our goal is getting one of each color of M&Ms or of getting every piece of a genome represented. We can use the Poisson distribution equation to in fact determine how hard we would need to look. We can try different values of M, the average number of times we've seen a particular M&M color or genome fragment, in order to determine the probability of getting no hits. As we've already seen, the probability of getting no hits when the average is 1, is 0.37. For an average number of hits of 2, the probability of getting no hits is 0.14. For an average number of hits of 3, the probability of no hits is 0.05. Now we're getting somewhere. If we sequence enough genome fragments to represent three times the number needed to cover the entire genome, we should have 95% of it done. If we go up to an average of five hits, the probability of no hits for a particular genome fragment is 0.01. Now we have 99% of it done. No need to map a genome first. Just sequence enough pieces to cover the genome five times or more. We will see the shotgun strategy in action in our next episode, the first genome sequenced from a cellular organism. See you then.